my top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first-timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you're listening. Don't worry about change-ups. The cast won't break up. Even with that million-dollar contract, show up a stand-up guy who's a stand-up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the act? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher A. Lamberth, recording this for Sunday, October 22nd, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen Give this show a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival and subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 682. There's no guest. It's just me not sitting in my apartment, but I'm reporting to you live. Well, I'm recording you by the time you get this, it'll be recorded, but I'm reporting to you live from Boca Raton, Florida. I am staying at the Sonseta Select Suites. Pretty nice hotel. Actually, it's pretty good for like. I wasn't expecting it to be this good because I got this deal on this app called Hopper. And uh, I think it was like it got as low as like maybe 92 bucks a night. So I'm paying like 300 bucks or so for four days for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm leaving Sunday. It's pretty good. I was I was impressed. And it's like maybe 10 minutes from the venue. I'm doing some shows over at the Boca Black Box. Um, I did one show last night. It was lightly attended. And when you are not famous and you're not a draw, well, I guess famous and draw are about, are about the same or similar, uh, you you later find, well, you kind of find that, you you later find that, oh, there's another show in town that is taking up all the, people that would possibly come or the demographic that would come. So there's one of these, they have one of these don't tell shows uh, where you, you kind of, it's like a secret show and they're popular and a bunch of people you like have probably done a don't tell show. Uh, the homie uh, Lafayette Wright, friend of the podcast did one, crushed it and he did it in DC. So all over the country they have these. I think I applied to do one not too long ago, so we'll see. 
Um, and I and I have some information that I need to uh, follow up on. So maybe I'll get to do one in the coming months or whatever. Um, but it was lightly attended. Still had a great show. Uh, I learned some things about myself as an artist. I talked to the crowd, uh, did some crowd work, and mined some cool stuff out of it. So it was that was that was. Yeah, that was good. It it felt it felt good. It's like when I was when I was talking with Molly a couple of weeks ago, just talking about like getting that getting that XP, getting those points, evolving as a comic, and uh, it's one of those where on site on the surface it looks like oh this is gonna be fucking this is gonna be sad, <laughs> but it ended up being pretty fun. Uh, so hopefully there's more people. Uh, tonight I'm doing I'm headlining two shows and then I'm supposed to be opening for Tim Meadows I don't know some the owner of the club was saying that uh, Tim Meadows might be bringing his opener own opener I have no clue so I kind of don't know what's going on what I do know uh, is I better be getting paid and I think I will be getting I will be getting paid after this for what was the agreed upon amount for me to come down here. Uh, but the people, the other comics were nice. The local folks were nice. Uh, shout out to Mike Centron and um, uh, Charlie. God, I don't know, remember Charlie's last name. But shout out to them. And after the show, we hung out. We went to Miller's Ale House, uh, which is a national chain because uh, they got one near me. In in Paramus, um, they were like, "Oh, you know, you're probably used to hanging." I was like, "No, this is about my speed." We we did a show, and uh, we go go to a bar, eat a little something, have a drink. I'm good. I'm Gucci, as I think the young people used to say. I'm not a hundred percent sure that they say that now, but. Uh, so far, like this is my first time in Florida, and I, it's it's beautiful down here. It's really humid, um, but it is beautiful to see palm trees. <laughs> I said when I was starting this show, I said, "Yeah, I can't believe that I'm living my dream next to a a very beautiful uh, public storage." <laughs> when you when you when you when you're a kid and you say, "I want to be like." Eddie Murphy. I want to be like Martin Lawrence. And you're like, and then your dreams take you to uh, like a kind of a kind of a strip mall type place. And you're in a where there's a dance studio and there's two like performance art spaces. Pretty neat. And there's a public storage right there. But it's cool. It's like a nice, chill, suburban community uh i haven't been anywhere exotic i was kind of in a a, not necessarily in too much of a rush but i wanted to have a good dinner before the show so i went to there was a houston there's a houston's directly next door to the hotel so i went there and ate at the bar and had this terrific I think they call they call it Irish salmon or something like that. And it was just pan seared salmon with their little sauce over it. And I got some broccoli and some mashed potatoes. And the guy next to me had a 
uh, kale salad. So I got a kale salad too. That was great. Houston's is really good. Yes, it's a chain. I know that some women who might listen to this podcast do not like chain restaurants. <laughs> like that that fake ass meme. Not not the meme, the fake ass like TikTok of the dude taking a woman out to on the first date and they go to Cheesecake Factory. And she was like, I'm not going in or whatever. I don't know, like, cause it's so I think it just depends on the individual, but on a first date, you're getting to know somebody and you don't want to go out. You don't want to like go all out. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a dating expert, but when I, the, the women that I deal with, I say, Hey, you know, I, I heard about this place. Um, would you be interested in going to this place? Like we're already going to go out, but then we're talking about like, what, what are you, I would, do you have dietary restrictions? What do you, what's your deal? I'm a thoughtful guy, ladies, but you know, I'll send the, like one, one date I went out on the last couple people that the people that, Oh shit, I don't want to say too much, but for instance, I was just saying, do you I'm interested in going to this place. I heard it was good when my friend said it was good. Would you be interested? And we're talking on the phone. I shoot them the, the Instagram profile. And if they say, yes, this looks good. I want to go there. I, that's what we do. We go. And there you go. I, I think you should just communicate, communicate before you go out. And say, hey, I think. And then if you're if you're if you find that uh, this person that you're going out with, you you like them, there's a mutual attraction and you're you're you you're you like each other. I would expect wherever you are with that person would be a good time, no matter like if you're just out and your travels take you to you're near Cheesecake Factory and that's like the only place that looks good. There's a lot of places on that. on There's a lot of items on the menu. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem shitty because I always say like one of my old coworkers would near where I live, where I go to the movies, there's a restaurant park and they have a Houston's there and they have a seafood place. They have like a Rosa Mexicana. It's I don't know, I don't know that you call it upscale, but it's it's on a it's on a higher tier than like Applebee's and Chili's. At the big mall, at the which used to be the biggest mall in New Jersey, the Garden State Plaza, which has now been dethroned by uh, this place called American Dream by the Meadowlands. Um, that mall, the Garden State Plaza, they have some, they have a California pizza kitchen, which I went on a date to once, like years ago. And the woman didn't mind. I think, and I think some of this internet stuff is bullshit anyway. Because a lot of women, a lot of people that I know don't really live on Twitter. And I think some of that stuff gets muddled because you meet, like I've met so many cool and interesting people. A lot of them have been on the show, been on the podcast. And you're just, and and then a lot of those people are cool. And then it's muddled with all the fucking weirdos and stuff. But then you talk to somebody in real life, they're like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't care about that. Or like just in women, there's like, oh yeah, 
oh, you want to go? Let's let's go eat here. And if you're hanging out with somebody that you like and you just happen to be near Cheesecake Factory, you just they just want to go to Cheesecake Factory. You want to go to IHOP or you want to go here or wherever. It shouldn't be a big deal. I think. But I do think that these two hundred dollar dates because of inflation, is that going to have to go up? I thought I talked about that a couple weeks ago. I wonder if that's going up because of all inflation. You got to think if you eat at a pretty, if you eat at a place, I'm just thinking you're going to at least spend 130 or 150. You can at least expect that, especially if you're if you're drinking. I don't really drink that much, but if you're out, sometimes you just I'll drink if you drink. And I'm not going to drink by myself, so it's like one of those things. Um, I don't know. I think all that all that dating stuff can get muddled when you're just because there's a lot of insidious shit behind the stuff on the Internet, too, where it's just it's like that man versus woman thing. And the one that's even more treacherous is the black man versus the black woman. It's fascinating to see it play out. The homie uh, Ba on Firestarter says believes it's COINTEL Pro, like it's like some covert government bullshit. And the more that this stuff comes up, I'd say he could probably he's probably right to tear, trying to tear the black community apart. But I said all that to say this: Houston's is good. It is good. I've been there. The only times I'd been to Houston's were was has been in Jersey, and I've had good times. Been there with a woman. We weren't dating though, but we were just friends, and uh, some guy friends, and just hung out. It's I, Houston's is good, but the one thing I did want to try they had on their Instagram this big ass pork chop, and I don't eat pork chops that much, but I. Uh, it looked good on Instagram, and I was about. I said, "Y'all don't have a pork chop," and they're like, "That's off our menu." I was like, "Damn it!" So I got that salmon, which was terrific. I hadn't had a salmon, salmon like that in a long time. So, oh man, so that was good. I en- I enjoyed that. Uh, the flight was good. Uh, getting here from Fort Lauderdale, which is the airport, I got hustled really bad. I'm almost embarrassed to say it. Um, I paid 130 bucks for a taxi. I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be that much. He, I was metered. I couldn't find like a Lyft or Uber or anything. And it was, it was getting late. And I was just like, I saw the taxi. And it was like this, I don't know if he was Haitian or African, um, but they got me. And you, and I had a card <coughs> in the fair. I was like, why is this so much, dude? Because it was, I wasn't going to, like, I wasn't going to argue it. I was just, I was like, fuck it, you got to pay it. It'll come back. It'll come back to me in some form or another. That, that money will come back, but. I don't see how you can hustle people. So it's a 35 minute ride. And then I kind of had like tourist face. I was like, I'm a comedian. I'm, I'm here to do comedy. 
And the guy, he's like, oh, for real? And then he, and I heard him say something in a, another language. And he said, Boca. And I was like, oh, I think I might be fucked. And it seemed like he was kind of driving slow, but there was some traffic. But man, that was fucked up, man. So I'm going to take a, you know, normally to get to an airport, you got to think it's like 75 at the most. And I know people are hurting from the pandemic, but this guy had on Gucci slippers when he was getting my stuff out of his van, out of his. uh, Yeah, it was a van I, I came came down in. It's just really shitty. And you wonder you wonder sometimes. It it seems like bad people win. I don't think they get their comeuppance. When you're marginal like me, <laughs> you're a marginal person. I think I'm a pretty decent guy. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and be like I'm I'm all self-righteous, but I I think I'm a decent guy. My instinct is not to fuck somebody over. And I don't know. I I I, I just try to be a decent person. I'm flawed just like everybody else. And that's one thing with this podcast that I do that the, the hundreds of you that listen to this thing. I, I just my my I, I'm trying. I'm a work in progress and I'm not I ain't no better. I ain't no worse. But man, some people are just. They, they're just looking to get that next dollar, looking to, to screw somebody over. And it just fucking it sucks, man. I don't like it. You just and you just wonder, does nothing's good? Like they they just get away with it. In Newark, like you think like I remember going to San Francisco, it might have been like going to San Francisco, taking the taking a cab to to the whole this was ten years ago. I think I complained about it being seventy bucks. Or you go to the you go into the airport like from from my place to Newark, 50, 55 bucks. And I gave them, might have been 67 total. You just think that's going to be normal. It's like, okay, I don't have to pay for parking. And I'm thinking this much, shit, do I, do I rent a car when I'm here? I don't know. Do I try to put together a run and rent a car or something like that? But yeah, I, I, was, I was angry. I was livid. And that's just and then I, I was talking to a Lyft driver who was who had picked me up and uh, to just drive me to I went to the movies or whatever. And I said, we'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, I was asking him, he's like, hey, man, I'll, I'll pick you up for 60 bucks. How's 60 bucks sound? So he's supposed to text me back. Uh, he's supposed to text me uh, today and confirm because I got a 6 a.m. flight that I'm not looking forward to. But I want to be there. Want to be there on time, so I don't know if I'll even sleep tonight. But yeah, that. Do you ever have any stories like that? Do any of you? Are you just listening to me spew my thoughts, and you just don't comment? Nobody really comments. Some people write on the reviews and stuff, but yeah, it's just one of those things where, uh, um, it's just really shitty. And we haven't learned anything. The fucking pandemic didn't exist down here. So I I I was talking. I was like, yeah, that's right. I'm in Florida. I forget. You guys don't you don't give a shit about being vaccinated. It's like it doesn't exist. Um, you would think that all that with all the elderly people that are down here in this community right here, that 
you know, they would be vaccinated. I, I don't know. Um, where is I going with that? Yeah, just getting on the plane, like the the social stratification of the plane, like first class. You hear comics maybe talk about this all the time, but this is my version. You're in this th- you're in this metal tube hurling through the sky. You line up for this. Everybody in group one. And I guess I get where it's priority because you could put your carry on in that stowaway um, up the overhead compartment. I get that. But for the most the last few times I've flown, I've checked a bag and I got my little backpack. I got my last of us backpack that I have with my gadgets and what and who's it's and what's it's. And that's it. And so it's like I got a pretty good seat. Uh, and uh, so I'm going to we're all going to the same place. We're all eventually going to get there. This lady just cut in front of me. When I when I was talking to somebody, I was like, "Oh, is this and is this the line?" I was like, "Yeah." She said, "What group?" This guy was like, "Who? What group are you in?" Oh, I'm in group four. And this lady, a, a black woman, uh, like tried to like kind of low key nudged me to get in front of me. I was like, "It's not that serious," because everybody was at the point that I got up. Everybody was boarding, so you just get in line. But she just kind of came out of nowhere. And she was in front of me, and then they made her check her bag. She had to get out of the way, and I got on before her. People just... It makes you just lose faith in people when you're when you're in situations like that. It's like you... The flight is on time. You're going to get there. So just fucking chill out. You made it. You made it. You're here. You're good. But they just have that have to have that little extra. And I, I think I was sitting in like this economy seat or something. It was whatever it was. It was right. I flew United I'm, uh, and it was right behind first class. And the seats are bigger in first class, but I'm not paying seven. I'm not there yet. Chris isn't there. Not in the back of the plane. But, uh, you know, I, I'm just not there yet financially. And it is nicer. It looks like it's more space. But then they put that little, for the most part, they had the, you could see what was going on up there. Because I was right there. And they put that thin veil to separate you. Like, you peasant. And they were getting there to get their little bullshit uh, dinner that looked like, I don't even know if it was better than, looked better than cafeteria food. I didn't see what it looked like. And I didn't give a shit. Water break, but I got there on. We got there on time. We landed. I got bent over with no Vaseline to get down here, but um, it's overall it's pretty fun. It's it's good to be get away for a bit. I had a busy couple weeks. I was I was in Maryland with my mother. Um, shout out to the great Bill Burr, whose movie Old Dads came out this weekend i gotta check that out um um so yeah i was with my mom for a bit and for a week that was good see her again in a few days and uh yeah and then i went to a concert um 
it's a lot of driving and just busy the last few days, few weeks. Um, I went to see Madison McFerrin. Finally, I got to see her. She was down at the McCarter Theater in Princeton, New Jersey. And apparently the McCarter Theater has, um, they have like a, just a, se- a season of productions, plays and musicians. And Madison McFerrin, I believe she was part of the opening weekend because the the woman who curated the season apparently was friends with Madison and they I guess they met a long time ago in Brooklyn and and she had Madison perform and Madison McFerrin is a singer songwriter she's Bobby McFerrin's daughter Taylor McFerrin's sister Bobby McFerrin's the don't worry be happy guy um who was famous off that song super famous and um I found out about Madison McFerrin because she sung the hook for one of my favorite records on Little Brothers' May the Lord Watch album, uh, Black Magic. And uh, I was like, oh, she's cool. And then I looked her up and I was like, oh, she's a singer and she's doing she's done all this stuff. And and uh, she also had a record with I don't know how many records she's done with like that foreign exchange and little brother but i know one song in particular that's probably like my favorite r&b jam uh called neither one of us that she sings with fonte and and zoe produced the tr- the record i think it's off of uh ooh, i don't want to be telling you a lie so i'm gonna look it up um let me see let me see hold on i didn't know i was gonna deep dive let me see. And it's a record that it's hard for me to listen to more than once. It's on this re- album called Forefront. Zoe, Zoe, um, so it's a couple albums ago, 2019. And it's just a great, it's a great fucking song. It's just a nice jam. Um, and so I really liked her from those records. And she came out, she said, she says, she's had some EPs and um, stuff like that. But she produced her first album, her debut. Oh, my God, Chris, what are you doing, dude? I'm trying to find. I don't want to play the song. I want to. I hope you can forgive me. Is the name of her album that came out in May. Her her debut album, and it's really good. It's only you know, it's not even that long. It's like twenty seven minutes, a little longer than uh, Failed Running Back, and um, it's really good. She she's she just kind of floats on these tracks, and she's. I put her up there. I was telling my friend this. Um, I was telling a couple people this. One of my good friends I talked to uh, last yesterday afternoon, and um, I put, vocally I just put her up there with artists I've seen like Rachel Yamagata and Jenny Lewis in particular. Artists that you listen to, you listen to their album, and then when you see them live, they sound just as good or even better than they do on record. And I'll put Erica Badu up there too. Like Erica Badu, you kinda and I think I was talking about this when I saw her 
saw her last this past summer where like she's one of these just amazing sing you, she's just so amazing you kind of forget about her greatness because she hasn't really inundated us with product in the in recent years but it's just like she's vocally insane too uh so i kind of i want to put her up there also um but yeah just just a great voice uh she had a she had a a three-piece band she had a guy on drums a guy on keys and a dude on bass uh and they rocked out it was just it was so it was so good and uh it was in a theater, so where they normally would do like plays and stuff like that there, and I had never been on Princeton's Princeton's campus, and it's beautiful, beautiful from what I could see. It was kind of a rainy. It was a rainy night. It had been raining all day that day that I went uh, a week ago, and um, she just kind of. It was just good to see like somebody super talented. And she was she kind of did her set was kind of like a VH1 storyteller vibe. She would do a song and she would talk about the reason why she wrote it. And and you would think like on the surface, it would just be a love song. And she said, yeah, you know, I wrote this song. She has a song. I think it's called Please Don't. Please Don't Leave Me Now, I think. Um, Let's see. I hope I got this right. Please Don't Leave Me Now was a song that she wrote about Bernie Sanders losing. But it just seemed like a it seemed like just a love song about a guy that she was into leaving and she didn't want him to leave. Uh, But, yeah, she uh, she's really terrific. And she did. And then she's talking about how she wrote. She did. She basically did her whole album and some like older stuff from her EPs. And then she had, she did this Christmas song that sounded really great. She was talking about how Mariah Carey makes so much money and is from her Christmas album and all that. She's like, I want to write a song. And she wrote a Christmas song and it didn't sound like it sounded to, it sounded great. And it wasn't like, Oh, she wants to cash in to pay her bills. She's like, I want to cash in to pay my bills, but she still maintained her essence and it's not like she's like pimping herself out, but I really had a good time and it was, uh, and I'll, I'll make a comparison to another show that I went to. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you in a bit. So had a great time. And I noticed, um, this show because it's in at Princeton and because it's in that community, uh, there were a lot of like middle aged and older people there. Because I think there's people that subscribe to that season and they just come to whatever. So it was like an interesting mixed crowd where there were people that were my age. There were people that might have been maybe there were people younger, but they were it was up there. The age range was pretty high. Like, so I was like, oh, wow. But then I just I just thought to myself, I guess these people just subscribe to whatever's there and they want they want to go and support the the uh performing arts so they're just patrons of that uh theater and so uh and then it was so it was good because it was like this so i get there and the lady's like yeah you know this is just where the bathroom is your ticket 
And, you know, the show's only going to be an hour. So it's just an hour. There's no intermission. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And I sat down in a comfortable seat. I was front row and uh, really enjoyed Madison and her band. It was just just a really nice night. It was a very much needed respite to all the stress that I'm dealing with that just human beings in America, in this climate, just fucking deal with. So it was good to see a talented artist do their thing. And I was happy. So I was walking back to my car, to the parking deck. I was maybe in earshot of these three women who were leaving the show. These three uh, black women who were probably in their 30s or my age, by my age or younger. And uh, they're walking back and they were, I could hear them talking. And they were like, they're being really critical. And they're like, oh, she, you know, I mean, I like, I thought she was okay. You know, she was kind of flat and stuff like that. I was like, I was like, are you fucking kidding? Madison McFerrin was like singing her ass off. And these women were trying to critique. I mean, everybody's a critic. You can be a critic of stuff. But I, I just, I was just like, wow, that's, that's kind of a bummer. But, but, and then it just made me think, it made me kind of angry. Because it's like people that like, oh, yeah, you guys are too cool for school. But could you do that? Could you get up there and do that in front of those people? I don't know, man. When I go to a show, I'm rooting for the I'm rooting for the performer. But then there's also this agreement that like I I, want to see something I've never seen before. I want to see you be excellent for this hour, hour and a half thing. So. I'm, it just seemed their energy was just off to me. Their energy was just really bad from she crushed. And there, there were people in there that had never heard of her. She, she crushed. And I was just like, I was thinking to myself, could y'all do that? And then they were trying to name some other artists that I don't even want to make a comparison to. The other artist is, is also good that they mentioned. But I was just like, hmm, all right. And they were, I'm not even going to say it. Cause then, because then I would be feeding into what I was just talking about 15 minutes ago. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, you can make the allusions uh, to it. You do what you will with what what I what I said, but yeah, it was kind of a a bummer to hear that, and I just wish that I didn't hear it. But it's just like, no, there's a reason why you paid to go see that show, and nobody paid to go see you do anything. You know, it's a reason why we sit there and watch somebody do their thing. You know, I don't know. That just that just made me. And I was talking to my therapist about it. It just made me it made me angry it put a it didn't ruin the night but it just put a little bit of a cloud over it that i was just like you don't get it you just you you guys you you ladies just don't get it because i've been to shows where i've seen i went to a show where i've seen one of my favorite artists not really that was pretty lackluster and just i think this person thought that they could just kind of my name is my name and I could just do whatever I want. And it just, 
it was kind of a that was kind of a bummer when you've seen them be excellent but then you think people are getting older but then you see people their same age rocking out and and giving it their best so i don't know i i don't know but i don't think that was warranted from those three ladies everybody's got their opinion but it was just like oh hey could you do that in front of those people Mm, okay or maybe you tried and it didn't work out and maybe you're bitter or maybe you were too afraid I don't know so Monday I had tickets for another show I saw Little Dragon at Brooklyn Steel and um, it was maybe Brooklyn Steel is I guess that's in the Williamsburg area I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore about Brooklyn. I like Brooklyn, but I just don't know the neighborhoods. I'm not, I don't know. I just go there. I've performed there and all that stuff. And I hadn't been to Brooklyn Steel since before the pandemic when I saw um, Claire Wellen and uh, San Fermin there. And that was the first and only time I had been there. And uh, talk about somebody with a, a great voice. Like Claire Wellen, I've said this hundreds of times on the show. Tiny white girl rocking out a packed warehouse of a fucking venue. It's if you deep dive to 2019 on my IG, you you'll see it because I think it, it should still be there of, of her singing, and that's what I'm talking about, man. Like people, like I've seen. Like for Claire, I've seen Claire in Tiny, seen her at Mercury Lounge, seen her at like a, a, the basement of a barbecue spot in the city, and then seen her in a big venue. It's like, that's talent. That's fucking talent to really be able to carry your voice to carry in, in a big room like that. And I had a great time with San Fermin, but so fast forward to uh, Monday of, of this past week. Um, Little Dragon rocked out. And so I get there and there was this, um, and there were not that many people there. The doors opened at, at seven. So I got there a little after seven, I found parking, uh, which was amazing to find, uh, not that far from the venue. And there's this band called April Plus Vista, which is a band out of D.C. And they opened. They were good. I, I, I'm going to listen to their stuff. They actually did an EP with Little Dragon called Slipping Into Color. And uh, I have not listened to it yet, but they did a song from it. They had them come. Little Dragon had them come back on and, and do the song. <clears throat> it's just a, a, a young man and a young woman. Uh, from DC so that was cool and and the endearing thing about him was the guy in the group he was like yeah this is the last part of the American tour so happy to perform to be able to perform with Little Dragon and he's like yeah I took I used up all my PTO time I was like I fuck with y'all man I said I hear you for that shit that's that's real that's real life artist shit like I'm glad that people are talking about that because you have to you have to 
it shouldn't be a bad thing that you're an artist and you're you have a, a day job. And it doesn't mean that you care. It just means it means that you probably care more because you're trying to you're trying to sustain and make a living so you can create the art that you want to create and you can do it on your own terms and not have to say yes to every little thing that comes up, you know, so I just really appreciated that shit. And I think more people, more artists are being uh, a lot more transparent about stuff like that. So I, 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 I felt I felt that when he said that um, and they were good. They did maybe like 25, half hour, something like that. And so I noticed when I walked in there. So I, when I walked in there before April and Vista came on stage, it wasn't it wasn't packed yet. And I saw these people on the little balcony area and on the level they were leaning on the rail. I said, you know what? I'm here. I'm just going to be in the mix. I'm just going to be in the mix because that's kind of what I've done my whole life. Going to shows. From my early 20s, you know, and and like just going to concerts and general admission shows. That's kind of what I've done, what I've enjoyed. Um, And so Little Dragon comes on. It made me feel good. Like when they came on, it was just like, fuck yeah. Like after being away from COVID, that was the last place I saw a concert at before COVID. And I just kind of smiled, almost teared up a little bit. But I just was just like, fuck yeah. Like these guys. And 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 their album came out. Not, not the one that just came out. Not Slugs of Love, but the the... The uh, the new me, same us, that came out an album that came out in 2020, and it was right around the pan. It was during the pandemic, and they March 27th, like they were gonna go on tour, and they they couldn't because of COVID. And I just remember that album coming out, and I just remember it being really good. I don't know if that's my favorite. I don't know, but they got some really good jams on here. Um. They really do. But they're just this consistent band that's been doing it since 07. And um, I just, I just made me feel good. They rocked out. They're very precise. They're just very in it. And just like very clean, strong. And people were rocking out. People were having a good time. And there were a lot of young hipstery kids there. I was not the the oldest person there. But then about an hour in, into the show, I was like, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm not with anybody. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm kind of like, this might be a little, t- the wolf pack might be a little too much for me now. Cause I'm off. I'm off. Like I mean, around these people, these white boys dancing off beat and vaping and just in the, these in the way kind of people. And you're at a show, but I was thinking if I was like, if I'm maybe if I was with somebody, it would be a little better, but then I probably, I think I'm thinking like the next time I'm going to, I'm going to be by the rail in my comfortable shoes. I 
what I thought I was gonna wear my Under Armour uh, sneakers that are like the really um, that are really com- super comfortable and whatnot. I ended up wearing my Jordan 11s. My Jordan is that the Jordan 11s or Jordan 12s? My flu games, the Jordan, the Jordan 12s. Jordan 12s? The Jordan 12s. I was wearing them. And those, I think those are one of the most comfortable Jordans I have. I talked about that before. But I like to wear my Jordan 4s as show shoes. That's what I wore last night. And I'm kind of, I feel like I'm breaking those in. And those are getting comfortable. Wear your sneakers, everybody. Um, And I was like, hmm. I don't think I said I'm I'm not I'm not this guy anymore. I came to the realization I'm not that I'm not this guy. I'm not that guy anymore. And if I come early enough, I'm just going to hang in the back, hang in the little balcony. And I remember another great concert experience I had was like Toro Imwa and the Madsen 2 played the Bowery Ballroom. I got there early and I had a balcony seat. And it was fucking great. I was sitting down the whole time. And I think now I'm conditioned by that Madison McFerrin concert where it's like, I need if I, I need a seat. And I remember I was supposed to go to this concert that got I was gonna I was supposed to see Black Star in concert and the the woman I was gonna go with, that show got canceled. And we were talking. I was like, hey, let's let's meet. Let's meet at a bar or something. And let's try to get there when the doors open because we can get seats. We, You know, so I think I'm there because that that Madison McFerrin show is like you. We was in and out. It was an hour. And I got to the point where Little Dragon, they did an hour and a half. And they did like they did an encore. They did a little over an hour. And then they did an encore, and the encore was like 20 minutes. And I was like, oh. And shout out to Shalewa Sharp, because I had messaged her. I was like, Little Dragon's in town. Are you going to are you going to the shows this week? And she was like, I'm going to the one on Monday. I was like, bet, I'll see you. And Shalewa was just fucking cool as shit anyway. And she was like, I said, oh, she's like, and I finally got a text. I got there. I was like, I'm a nerd. I was like, it's it was like 7.15 or whenever I texted her. And I was like, I'm here. So um, are you here yet? And I didn't hear anything from her until like an hour, hour later. And she was like, oh, I'm here now. And uh, she's like, where are, where are you? I was like, I'm kind of in the middle in the wolf pack. Big black guy, blue hoodie. And uh, then she caught me after, as on the let out. She caught me on the walk out. We walked and we talked. Had a, it was so good to see her. I was glad that I got to see her. And we shot the shit. And uh, I'm going to try to get her to come back. And we'll talk music and comedy and stuff. So, But it was great to see her. Um, I always love talking to her. And, um, yeah, so it was, a, it was a fun night. It was just like a fun, like, Monday night in October. Um yeah, so I was glad that I got to see them, but I think now I am uh I'm I'm a I'm a like find a seat guy or find a place to lean. And I remember like I, I was telling Shalewa, uh, I was telling someone like oh, I think I'm yeah, I'm changing cuz I remember 
seeing Toro Imois at, I think it was his What For album. So it had to be like 2015 or something. And it was at Terminal 5. You always hear me talk about Terminal 5, big airport hangar of a venue, um, warehouse. And uh, I remember getting it. I remember them herding us in. And I remember seeing some people that are probably my age now or a little older in the back leaning on a leaning on a rail with sneakers on, like with like New Balance sneakers on. And I just clocked them. I didn't say, oh, they're fucking old. And I never was like that because shit, I was 35. But I would just remember seeing that. I was like, I don't know, not yet. I kind of like being near the artist, but. No, I don't, I don't need to do that anymore. So, yeah, I, I mean, like the last couple I went to, like, seated, like Nick Hakeem, that was seated. Really nice venue. Yeah. So, getting older, folks. So that was kind of my, like, concert. I got to see some concerts. I really had a great time. My favorite thing in the world to do, live music. You know I love the movies, but... Live music, live theater. I just live music kind of just trumps it all, really. Um, TV stuff. I, I I finished the Changeling. It's okay. The acting is fantastic. So that's the thing that saves it for me. It got a little weird, uh, a little weird towards the end, but very entertaining. I mean, like Keith Stanfield is like. A monster actor. He's he's amazing. So he's always fun to watch. The the woman who uh, played his wife, who's who seemed, I think she's uh, newer. Oh, I have it already, already pulled up. I want to look at the cast. Who is this woman? Clark Bacco, who plays Emma, his wife. I never. Um, I don't know if she's been in. She's gorgeous. I don't. Oh, she was in this movie. I want you back. That was on Amazon, the rom com. Yeah, some of this other stuff I don't think I've, I've seen. Yeah, she was good. She's really good. Yeah, but it just got kind of weird, and I didn't know where it was going. But the acting really good. If you want to see some really dope acting, watch The Changeling. Also, um, other TV stuff just. Power Book Four Force. I'm I'm into it now. Like I'm I'm really like I'm into that world. I was like it's just it's just my least favorite of the books. I didn't think I didn't think Ghost was gonna be. I was like, are you you're telling me Tariq is carrying this, and he fucking does it. <laughs> it's it's good. It's really good. Michael Rainey Jr. He's he's good. I love it. I can't wait till that comes back. Raising Canaan. Raising Canaan low-key might be my... Not even low-key. I think that's my favorite. Raising Canaan is probably my favorite. Uh, yeah. But um been watching that every week. I haven't seen this week's... As I'm, record, as, uh, as I'm recording right now, I have not seen the latest episode. Um, maybe I save that for the plane. Maybe that's what I'll do. Um... Yeah, that's kind of also the show. I think the show is called Still Up on Apple TV Plus that I've been watching. Yeah, 
It's about these two insomniacs that have this relationship. Let's see. Bonded by insomnia, best friends Lisa and Danny stay connected to each other late into the night and find their way through a world of wonderfully weird surprises as their relationship deepens. Yeah, that's basically what it is. It's a British show. Um, I'm rocking with it. I I like it. It's cute. Kind of funny. It's funny. Um, A beautiful black lead, Antonia Thomas. Who I, who's been on Grey's Anatomy and she left. Uh, man, these. I don't know what's over there in 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 the UK, but they pump out these like. Either they're just beautiful brown skinned women, these women with this African descent, they're either biracial, but there's some beautiful ass black women that they that that country, that region just pumps out and they're all actresses they're all like these women with frizzy hair curly hair just like i'm in love with you (laughs) just like these all just beautiful ass uh yeah that's um I don't really have a type. If you look good to me, you look good to me. But these women are are like, if I had a prototype, some of those would be the, those would be, I hope you are the one. You know, man, Antonia Thomas, gorgeous. Um, the more that I look at her, kind of, never mind. She is very lovely. And the show, you like, because I, I, I hadn't watched, I haven't watched Grey's Anatomy in years. But, uh, yeah, so it's a it's a cute little show. It's pleasant. And there's no, like, you know, like, because some of these shows, you like, like, like I just mentioned Power Book 4, motherfuckers killing each other, shooting them in the head. And, like, you can't, there's no way you can just watch stuff like that all the time. So uh, I recommend it. Uh, I I did talk. I feel like I did talk about everything now. Uh, I don't. Th- I maybe I mentioned it on Patreon or not with the young lady from uh, Talk to Me. I don't know if I mentioned it on the main feed, uh, but that's on Netflix. I like to want to get this woman's name, Sophie Wild. Um, that's really good. Um. I was trying to think. The morning show is good, but there's no Nicole Bahari. That she's only in a few episodes. I thought she was gonna be in it a little more. Uh, so I'm kind of bummed out about that. They had their, I guess they're like, we had our woke episode. <laughs> Fuck you. You know, we'll we'll uh, we'll we're, we're getting back to the cutthroat, all the other cutthroat conniving Game of Thrones succession shit. You know, so. It's still entertaining. I, I still like it, but it would be nice to see Nicole Bahari. But she served her purpose on the show and she did a great job. And I mean, maybe you get maybe that's a special guest star Emmy nomination or something like that. I don't know. Uh, whatever they can give her. Uh, that was spectacular. Um, it's just a spectacular performance. Um, let's let's do a movie. Re- let, no, let's talk about. I think we can talk about it. The only new music I listened to, new newish stuff, was this uh, album by this rapper named Stally out of Cleveland. He's got this new new album called "Somebody Up There Loves Me," and I was listening to that uh, while I was driving. 
back from Maryland. I really like it. Stally's like one of those guys that came out a few years back and uh, came out with like, I think maybe he signed at one point, he signed with Maybach Music around the same time that Wale did, if I'm not mistaken. But Stally had this album come out almost a year ago. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that he's just a guy that I just didn't really know what he was what he was doing. Yeah, he's been out for a long time and I've always enjoyed enjoyed his stuff whenever I heard it. So this album's from 2022, but it's still good. It, it had a couple of jams that like starts off really strong. And I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah. And I was driving because I was listening to. I don't know. Sometimes you getting tired driving, or like feel like you're like, oh fuck, I need to pull over. I need to pull over at a rest stop, get a Coke, not cocaine, Coca Cola, because I don't do coffee, and um, just get a Coke. And but I was like, oh, I can't, because I was like, I can't listen to a podcast if I'm getting tired, and so I just turned on uh, the Stally album. And I was like, yo, okay, I'm locked in. I'm good. I'm good for the rest of the trip. So I recommend that. Stally. S-T-A-L-L-E-Y. Somebody up there loves me. I used to come up to, I came up, when I was working at Levity Live a lot, I used to come up to this record called Hercules that he did, which was a nice, a nice, smooth, dope, uh, braggadocious record. Um, Yeah. All right, let's uh, close this out with some movie talk. All right. I saw Killers of the Flower Moon, and I really liked it. I thought I went to this um, a Cinemark uh, XD. I went to a 920, no, a 940 screening. So the movie, that means the movie started at 10. And I get there. I get a lift over there. It's like a few minutes away from here in my hotel where I'm at. And um, it's early and it's me and a bunch of uh, senior citizens. And one guy, we were all waiting for popcorn and they had to turn, they had to, we were waiting and people was like, yeah, I just, I'm here for the popcorn. I was like, shit. I was like, I know, I'm, you know, you know me, peanut M&M, uh, smart water guy. I was kind of hoping that they would have this is, would be the savage in me. I was just thinking they might have like some their dining because it was called a bistro. If I was there later, probably could have did that, but didn't. Anyway, sitting there, standing there and uh, waiting for them to uh, open up this concessions. And it was these two, one black girl just working there. And she looked like she was done already. And I was like, yo, <laughs> it's just not. It's just almost 10. Like. And maybe they had to start early. I don't know because of the movie, but they was getting ready. She didn't seem to be in a good mood. And she was popping the popcorn. And I was like, oh, so the popcorn would be, re-, you know. And the movie, it takes 20 minutes for preview. So we're standing there. She's popping the popcorn. It comes out. It's smelling good. And then she just gets a trash can and dumps it. And I was like, oh, I've never seen this before. Why'd she do that? And she's like, Oh, you know, you I I have to. We're not allowed to sell the first batch, 
And one of the, the uh, customers behind me was like, oh, yeah, they can't. They do that because they want to get rid of last night's oil and whatnot. And I was like, oh, OK. And I was like, man, I got to have this popcorn now because it was like five or six of us waiting for it. And so I got it. And that was some good ass popcorn. I got a medium popcorn. So I got a I got a medium popcorn. Shout out to Brandon and Justin. Medium popcorn. Go to their show this week uh, at under St. Mark's. Go to that show. Um, it was a, that was some good ass popcorn. I put that up. It's better than AMC. It's on the level of the Claridge, I would say, as far as popcorn's concerned. But it was, excuse me, it was really good. I liked it. The movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Scorsese, Marvel movie hater, cinema icon, Martin Scorsese. In the 1920s, members of the Osage Native American tribe of Osage County, Oklahoma, are murdered after oil is found on their land and the FBI decides to investigate. Really good. I posted on my Instagram stories that I had seen. It was going to the movie. I had seen it. So a couple comics or how was it? I was I just wrote back. Very good. Very long. Uh, I think this movie's going to have. I think it's going to compete with Oppenheimer for best picture when you think about the spectacle and the all the awards it follows the award it follows a lot of the criteria that the the academy had posted that I, that I read about a few months ago um it's really good some really good acting great acting from Leo Lily Gladstone and I know some people, some of the nerds on YouTube were talking like, I don't know if she should have made herself supporting. If she'd stayed at supporting actress, maybe she'd win and blah, blah, blah. It's a leading performance. Uh, it's a leading lady performance. Uh, she should have the right to do that and be up there with Emma Stone, who everybody's saying um, that poor things that, that they're saying that movie is is great. I'm looking forward to it. I do like the score that, you know, people are talking about, at least in the trailer, you know. Um, but Killers of the Flower Moon, man, this is, you know, maybe 15 minutes in. I was like, oh, this is like another like Tulsa. This is another like Black Wall Street thing. And then they sure do mention Tulsa in the movie. And it's just it's just another example of just. Somebody asked me, what's it about? I was like, white imperialism, uh, manifest destiny. Um, it's something I had never heard of. They did not teach us this in school, but it did not surprise me one bit. This is just like Rosewood, just like like in Philly, the bomb in there, just just like a lot of what America does to these people. And uh, it continues to go on in this world. Just a lot of just cruel people that are greedy, that want to take your hard-earned money. They want to take $130 from you because they have to have Gucci slippers. So, you know, and you just wonder, do these people ever 
get their comeuppance. And they might go to jail and whatnot, but, you know, I don't know, man. It's 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 sad, but I, I, I like the fact that the Native American people were involved in it, uh, were, were um, advisors on this film. Um, I thought that I put on my letterbox review that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio gave a great uh, baby Billy Freeman impression because <laughs> his because of his accent. I, if you watched Righteous Gemstones, I guess maybe you'd get that. But uh, it was good. I gave it four and a half stars. I feel like they could have edited this one. Could Christopher Nolan have edited Oppenheimer? Sure. Yep. Could have edited some of this out. I don't think it needed to be three and a half hours, but I didn't really mind it. I will be honest with you. I did doze off a couple of times. And it's not because the movie's bad. It's just because I'm, I, I be tired sometimes. But when this comes out eventually on Apple TV Plus, I'll, I'll probably watch it again but it was it was it was very good it's just martin scorsese is iconic he's one of the greats and i think you and there there was some really really i don't want to spoil anything but just there was some really uh one really beautiful moment in particular that um yeah it's really fucking great it's just this is just this is just one of them joints, man. It's uh, if you love if you love cinema, you should see this one. Four and a half stars. I like you could have edited edited this joint, but this is one really one really amazing scene. I I don't think I don't want to Dan Lebatard it, but I I I think I don't know that I've seen. I don't know if I've seen anything like it before. And I don't and I don't want to spoil it for anybody. I don't even know if you'll pick it up. You might. And I don't it's not I'm smarter than you because I saw this thing. I just think there's this really fucking beautiful moment that I was just like, fuck, yeah. I, I man. Yeah, just after just kind of sitting with it, it's been it's been almost uh, it's been a day since I've seen it. And it's just like, yeah, it just uh, Marty knows what he's doing. Leo knows what he's doing. De Niro knows. Gladstone knows what she's doing. It's just uh, it's great. And I think if if it won a lot of awards, you know, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. I Yeah, I, I, I got it. There's not that much that I'm excited to see. I mean, the only thing I'm really excited to see right now, currently, Story Ave. Um, that's not going to be considered for anything, but uh, American Fiction. The Jeff. That's I'm really hyped about that because I think that folks are saying that's what can put Jeffrey Wright in an Oscar category. That can get him his first nomination. And I think it's going to be funny. <laughs> kind of reminds me of like facing the crowd and like bamboozled and the producers, that kind of thing. Um, 
I said, poor things I want to see. Because everybody's raving over Emma Stone. And she's, I mean, she's always great. But this Yorgos Lanthimos, his shit is weird and interesting. So I want to see that. The Left, The Holdovers. I think it's called, the. is it The Holdovers? The Alexander Payne joint? Yeah, I want to see that. That's that's in a couple weeks. Might be might be this week. Um, I always love seeing his shit. So Divine Joy Randolph is getting some love. Paul Giamatti will probably get some some awards love. But yeah, like off the rip, I can't. I, there's nothing other than maybe what I just mentioned that that is on my radar yet yet. And it's still kind of early, and we're 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 getting to the point of the onslaught of things that are going to be, you know, under awards consideration. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this season. I just don't know. Um, I don't know about like, yeah, because the Montclair Film Festival is happening. It's happening now, and I didn't see anything that I was like. Oh, I got to see it because I was like, yeah, American fiction isn't playing there. Um, and and it's not to say that this year hasn't been good because there have been some great movies. But just right now, I don't know of anything that I'm like, oh, I got to see this shit. So. Yeah, just right now, I think it's just American fiction that I'm excited about. And then there'll be other stuff that I'll that I'll see. So. Yeah, I mean the Marvels, but that's not gonna not gonna be considered for any awards. All right, folks. Uh, even though my girl Brie Larson, I gotta hold up my Brie Larson agenda, I guess. Or when a person wins an Oscar, like, do you even have to have that agenda? I have to ask uh, Ba from uh, Firestarter if that even like she's already won, so. You know, the, the agenda I had from short term 12 only lasted like, what, two or three years because she won for room. The next she won for the next thing she did. And it's like everything else is just like the icing on the cake. And she's got an Apple TV Plus show that I haven't haven't seen yet. So, you know, what are you going to do? I'm, and then Nia DaCosta is directing this new one. And I think you're going to I think Nia DaCosta is going to have us in there and out. I think that's like 90 minutes. Let me let me see the runtime. Runtime for the Marvels. An hour and 45. So it it's going to be a 2-hour movie. Well, wow, that's going to be good. She going to have us in and out. Not a bloated two and a half hour movie. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I got my ticket. Already, I pre, you know, I got my shit. All right, folks. I think that's enough. This has been your host, Christopher A. Lamberth, reporting live from Boca Raton. I hope you all have a great week, and I will talk to you all next time. Take it easy, everybody.